listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. You're not sure who I am. I'm Nadia, and we look after with my incredible husband Craig, our Life Melbourne campus. And but we've been on staff here for 16 years now. And uh, we were central youth pastors and young adult pastors for about 10 years. And then we were youth pastors out south for five years. And we looked after north for a year before moving to Melbourne. So we feel like every campus has a piece of our heart. And it's just such an honour to be here this morning and talking about, like you can see with our pulpit today, the building blocks of our faith, going back to basics and to get to talk about this incredible Word that we have. Come on, God's gift to us, His revelation to us, the one that leads us, that guides us. And this is my absolute honour to be talking about the Word today. But why don't we take a moment to pray because I need God's help and I know we wanna hear from Him this morning. So let's pray. So God, I thank You for the opportunity to come around Your Word today. And God, we just again say we don't wanna do and hear a message for the sake of hearing something and just ticking the box of church. But God, we want You to change us. We wanna hear from You afresh, God. Would You stir something fresh on the inside of us? Would You bring a new revelation? And God, I pray that first and foremost, we would hear from You. In the Name of Jesus, everybody said, Amen. Come on, we give the team a hand. Thank you, guys. Now we live in a world today that is so information heavy, information rich. We have information coming at us left, right and centre, which means that we have so many different voices that we are able to listen to and voices that influence us. And the experts say that before the 1900s, information took 150 years to double But now, because of the internet, technology, social media, etc., by the year 2000, it took one to two years for information to double. Now, 18 years later, information is doubling every 12 hours. This generation is the generation of information, of different opinions, of different information being available to us. But more than ever, I think the question is raised in this generation of what is truth? With all the opinion that surrounds us, what is truth? And this is where North and South, I hope you're hearing it this morning. We have God's truth. We have this incredible gift to guide us that we can lean into, that can bring revelation to us. And I love that about God's Word. So let me um, encourage us with a little bit about the validity of this Word. It's the most historically accurate piece of written language. It has been the subject of the most vigorous critics and emerged unscathed. It's written by multiple authors over thousands of years, but speaks one coherent message. Multiple witnesses as opposed to other religious documents that rely on the testimony of just one person. It's thousands of ancient manuscripts of the Bible have been found which match the text we have today. Come on, how amazing is our Bible? Archaeological evidence, which has been found and continues to be found, which has confirmed the Bible time and time again. No other piece of history has four eyewitness accounts that are written as early as the Gospels. The resurrection of Christ is the cornerstone of the Bible and all of Jesus' disciples who were with Him during the resurrection committed their lives to telling others about Jesus and then actually gave their lives because of the 
the message. There are 16 other ancient historians apart from Scripture that also reference Christ and match what the Bible talks about. The change that it has brought to people's lives, millions of people have found hope, have found restoration. Their lives have been turned around because of the richness of the Word of God. It's the reason the printing press was created. Come on, how incredible is that? It's the best selling book of all time and it's the most stolen book of all time. Come on, how amazing is this Word of God to us? And I wanna encourage us today here in Central at North and South, I wanna encourage us that this is something that we cannot take for granted, that we cannot get familiar with. Come on, we need to lean into this like never before because this is the truth we need to navigate ourselves in the ocean of so many different opinions. See, I love what John 1 verse one to five says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Come on, nothing can overcome this Word. Nothing can stand against it. It is God's victory to us. I love that about a Word. So my prayer today Every single one of us leaning into this message, and I know we're leaning in north, leaning in south, we're leaning in here in central. My prayer is that we would have a fresh awakening for the passion of God. So this this Bible shouldn't be something that we have to read because we are Christians. It should be something that we cannot help but read because we need it so desperately in our lives. And I pray something would stir afresh the passion for the Word of God. So what I want to do today is I want to talk around the topic of tuning into God's Word. Recently, uh, my husband Craig and I flew back from New Zealand to Melbourne, and we have three children, Zion, who's 10 years old, Hope, our daughter, who is seven, going on 17, and then our son, uh, Ezekiel, who is just one year old, and we call him Easy. And on this particular trip, we were just taking easy with us. Um, and so, you know, we've, we've found with our kids that flying is usually good when they're babies, they sleep a lot. Um, when they're a bit older, they just love having their own TV. But there's an age where Ezekiel is at the moment where he doesn't sleep that well in our arms and he doesn't really want to watch TV. So flying can be a bit of a challenge. And so we were off on the flight and as we took off, easy fell asleep in my arms. And I'm like, okay, this is good. This is looking awesome. But then partway into the flight, he just woke up and it was like something had possessed him in his sleep. Honestly, he, nothing would settle him. I gave him to Craig, he wouldn't settle him. So I took him in my arms and we just started pacing the aisle. And as we paced, he just started to crack it even more. I was that person, that parent on the plane that everyone was looking at. You know, some are looking at you with looks of sympathy. Others are looking at you like, would you just shut your child up? And so I was doing everything. I'm rocking him to the side, trying to get him to settle. I'm looking at him. Why are you not living up to your name right now? This is not good. And then 40 minutes later, he settles. And I head back to my seat and I see my amazing husband watching a movie, having the time of his life with his noise cancellation headphones on. 
So I went up to him and I said, oh, babe, what are you doing? He took his headphones off. He's like, oh, I'm just watching a movie. I'm like, did you not hear Easy for the last 40 minutes screaming the plane down? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard him. But I just tuned in to my movie instead. Tuned out of his voice, tuned into the movie. And I thought in that moment, you know, we all have a choice about what we choose to tune into and what we choose to tune out of. All around us are voices, and we get the choice what we listen to, what we allow to influence us, and what we allow to speak into our lives. We get to be the ones that make that choice. And tell me, illustrate this this morning. I'm going to get a few people up. Why don't we give them a hand as they come? And I'm going to use different people to help me with my illustration this morning, but. See, one of the first voices that we can tune into is the voice of our friends. If we turn that around there so people can see. The voice of our friends. And this is such an easy voice to tune into because it's awesome to have the need of validation met in our life. It's awesome to belong. It's awesome to feel like people accept us. But the crazy thing about this voice is it can contain our lives so much. We live so dictated based on what other people will think of us. When we go to do something, we think, yeah, but what would other people think? We go to step out and go up, but we're like, oh, what would other people think? And it can end up confining and containing us. Next voice I've chosen to have up here today is the voice of popular culture. And again, this is such an easy one for us to tune into because we are surrounded by it. It is everywhere we look, the voice of popular opinion. But I want to encourage us today, just because something is popular, just because something sounds so nice, just because something sounds so reasonable does not make it right. We are not the authors of wisdom. Our God is the author of wisdom. And we need to turn to Him and tune into Him rather than the voice of popular culture to find what is truth. Because otherwise, truth becomes so subjective. It just becomes what we want it to be. We'll go on to the next thing, and we have the voice of the internet. This is massive today. Now, with search engines across the world, there are five billion searches that are made by people every single day. It is so easy now when we need an answer for a problem that we're going through, we just go to Google. You know, we have a pain. We go to Google. It gives us the worst possible scenario. The next thing, oh my gosh, I've got cancer. You know, we tune into this so easily. Imagine if instead of tuning into Google to get answers, we picked up the Word of God and we declared God's truth and His revelation over our lives instead of the different opinions of Google. We've got to know Google's full of opinions. It's not full of truth. The next thing is the voice of social media. And this is massive today again. There are 4 million people that use Instagram, and I think there's 5 billion people on Facebook today. And the average use of people on Instagram is over two hours every day. That's a lot of time we're allowing other people to speak into our lives. And I want to encourage us, just because somebody's voice is popular, again, does not make it right. Just because somebody has a platform where other people look at them and go, you're so awesome. Again, it does not make it right. The Bible says the way, there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. Come on, we need God's wisdom in our life. The next thing is our feelings and our emotions. We are so encouraged to tap into our feelings and our emotions today. Come on, we're so encouraged. What do you feel? 
then our feelings and emotions, they're a result of what we are dwelling on, what we're thinking about, the result of what is going on internally. They're never meant to lead us. And if we tune into them, if we give them credibility, if we lean into them, it means we get stuck in particular emotions. Can I encourage us, emotions are not meant to be our leaders. And the last thing that I chose to have today is the voice of what if. And again, I think this is massive today. When we turn on TV, we go, on, we go on Google, we go wherever we are, and we hear the worst case possible scenarios with everything. We hear the news and we hear the tragedies, and it causes us to go down this tunnel of what if. What if that happened to me? What if that happened to our kids? And I honestly think this is part of the reason why anxiety and depression is so on the rise today, because we tune into this voice of what if, all these possible scenarios. And man, we don't just tune into them. We go into Google, and it's like we give these voices a microphone. We've got no voice ourselves because we give so much power to this voice of what if. And the thing is, all these voices do in our lives is they keep us limited and contained. When they hold us back, they restrict us. Come on, we can't step into what God's got for us because we're so confined, we're confused by all these different opinions. We need the voice of God. We need God's truth to lead us forward. So if I can have God's truth come out, please. God's truth can enter the scene. Here he comes. We're all in need of God's truth. That's right. See, when we choose instead to tune in to the Word of God, Word of God, I've been waiting for you. We choose to tune into the Word of God. See, He directs our path forward. That's why the Word says He is a light to our path. He leads us into the future God's got for us. We're not stuck. We walk into freedom with Him. We walk into His hope. We know that we're loved. We walk securely. We walk confidently. Come on, we know whose we are. We walk with a new identity. We walk with this knowledge of the victory that is ours because of Jesus who died for us. Come on, we walk with this new security. We need the voice of God to be the one that's leading us. Not these other voices, but this voice. North, south, here in Central. Can I encourage you? What voice are you tuning into? What is the voice that you're making the decision to tune into today? Because we get to be the ones that make that choice. Mom, why don't you thank the team here? Thank you, guys. So what I want to do today is I just want to talk about why tune into God's voice, why His voice is the one we need to tune into. And the first thing is because His voice matters most. His voice matters most. Out north, south today, and here in Central, I want us to ask ourselves this question, honestly, Whose voice matters most? Going out of all the voices that surround us, our God's voice has got to matter most. There's been many times where I've had to ask myself that question honestly. I remember when it came to the point of us making the decision to move to Melbourne and we were surrounded by so many different voices. Number the voice of circumstance, this doesn't make sense. We just bought our first home, our dream home. The voice of what if, what if it doesn't work out? What if our kids suffer because of it? What if we, we haven't got what it takes to lead the church? We have the voice of our feelings, that's uncomfortable. I don't wanna do this, I wanna play it safe. Come on, I wanna just stay settled. The voice of our family, the sacrifice that it would mean for our family. But ultimately, we had to get to the place where whose voice matters most. And in the middle of this, 
Whose voice do I want to be? The voice that's leading me. And I remember Craig and I having this conversation. We're speaking at a youth camp and us sitting down and going, what are we going to do? And I remember saying to Craig, you know, at the end of my life, I want to look back and I want to know that I have followed his voice because his voice has mattered most. Whose voice are we tuning into? Because the voice that we tune into is the voice that will direct our decisions. See, his voice matters most because he's the one that knows it all. He sees the beginning to the end. He sees the middle. He sees it all. So I can trust his voice. His voice matters most because he loves me most, more than anyone else around me. He is the one that loves me most. He's the one that got the, has the best intentions for me. He's the one that has the best plans for me. So I can trust his voice the most. Now, how often though do we find ourselves in a place where other people's words matter more? Think of the example when it comes to how we see ourselves. How easy is it to look in the mirror and think, I'd love to change that about myself. I'd love to have straighter teeth, straighter nose, straighter lips. I'd love my chin not to be a big, love longer legs. Whose voice are you tuning into that told you that? Because your God's voice says that you are perfectly and wonderfully made. So the fact that you have those voices going on in the inside of your head, it says, come on, we've got to tune into God's voice. And if God's voice matters for most, it doesn't matter what other people say. See, our issue with identity is actually an issue of whose voice matters most. I remember being about 11 and hanging out at church one day and waiting for our parents to finish talking, the life of a church kid. And... I, uh, we were hanging out with a group of guys and I remember one of the boys saying to me, Nadia, you are so ugly. And I remember going to the car and crying my little 11-year-old heart out, just sobbing in the car. And I remember dad finding me there and I remember dad saying to me, honey, what's wrong? And I said, this, this, this boy told me I was ugly. And I remember dad saying to me, honey, what have I always told you? I said, you told me that I'm beautiful. He said to me, so honey, who knows best? And I said, you do. And he said, why do I know best? And I said, because you're my dad. He's just a boy. And he said, well, that's the voice you listen to. I know best. And I remember, fast forward 25 years later, I remember our little boy Zion, when he was just five or so, coming home from school one day. And I remember him looking in the mirror and just pulling his hair back from his forehead and so I said to him, buddy, what are you doing? And he said, well, mum, this girl at school said that I've got a, I've got a really big forehead and I, I look kind of weird because of it. So I said to him, what's her name? Where does she live? <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. But I remember cupping his little face in my hands. And I said to him, what have mum and dad always said about you? He said, I'm perfect. And I said, and who knows best? He says, mum and dad know best. And he went away happy as. Does what dad say about us matter most? Does what our heavenly father say matter most? Come on, he loves us most. He knows the most. And his voice has got to matter most. Imagine how different our lives would be if his voice mattered most. Imagine the confidence, our self, 
up north, the confidence we would walk in if His voice mattered most. Imagine the security that we would live our lives by. Imagine the authority that we would walk in. Imagine what we could step into in the plans of God over our lives if His voice mattered most. Come on, His voice has got to matter most. Are we catching this revelation today? His voice has got to matter most. So often though, I find God's voice doesn't have the ultimate authority that it should have in our lives. We just treat it as common. We treat it as another opinion just another voice that we're familiar with rather than the sovereignty that it actually is as God's voice. We treat it just as common. No help, hope our daughter came home from school on Thursday and it's the thing in Australian schools at the moment to trade ushies like Lion King ushies and she came home from school and she had this super rare ushie and she was so stoked with herself and I'm like, babe, where did you get that from? And she's like, I just traded it with this boy at school. He just gave me, a, I gave him one of my common ushies and he gave me this incredibly rare ushie. I'm like, I do not wanna know the details of that trade whatsoever. But how often we do that? Come on, we trade the preciousness of God's Word, the rarity of His Word. Come on, the Word that has been passed down from generations from the mouth of our God. And we treat it just as common. Come on, we trade in the Word of God for what is common. We have to treat it with the sovereignty that it is. I love what 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13 says. It says, we also thank God continually because when you receive the Word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the Word of God. Do we accept it as the Word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe? Do we accept it as the Word of God? Now, how do we know that God's Word matters most? By how we submit to it. By how much we live in submission to it. God's voice isn't something that just makes us feel nice. It's not something that we go to when we just wanna feel good about ourselves. This Word is meant to change us. Come on, we are meant to be shaped by this word. I love what James 1 verse 22 says, do not merely listen to the words and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Come on, when was the last time God spoke something to us that we didn't really like, but we obeyed anyway? Come on, for God's word to matter most, my voice has got to matter less. My voice has got to matter less. See, he's the one that never changes. I am the one that needs to change. Recently, we were going together somewhere, Craig and I, and I remember just being kind of peeved at him about something, and it might have been the plane incident still. And, uh, and I remember just not wanting to talk to him at all, and and so I remember pulling up my phone as we were driving somewhere and just wanting to do emails. And then the Word of God popped up. It was the first email that came up and it said this, Ephesians 4 verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I'm like, seriously, God, like He's the one that should change. I don't need to change. He's the one that needs to change. But come on, how often does the Word of God come alongside us? It's like it's time to change. Come on, this needs to be tweaked. Come on, you need to do this differently. Come on, we need to step out in faith more. Come on, you need to look for that person more. Come on, you need to live your life for others more than self. Come on, we've got to allow this to change ourselves, to change who we are. The second thing is why we tune into the Word of God is because alignment with His Word, it brings 
His authority in our lives. What we tune into, we give authority to. Authority to lead us. North, you're with me. South, you're with me. Authority to mould who we are. And authority to either release us or restrict us. If I can have the Word of God and the voice of what if come out, please, it'd be awesome. You know, recently I went through a season with Ezekiel where it was just a really tough time. And I look back on it now and I was in a place where I was just tuning into the voice of what if. I remember it starting when I was pregnant with him and I would just wake up in the middle of the night and just freak out about the what ifs. What if he isn't born healthy? What if we can't handle three kids? What if we can't do church and all that? All these what ifs. What if we can't do this without family? All these what ifs started piling up. And I remember being so stuck in fear, so crippled by the voice of what if. And I got to this point where man, I cried out to God, God, I don't wanna be in this space anymore. And so God came in, he, he interjected. And as I tuned into His voice, what started to happen was this authority, this thing that had a hold on me, the authority started to decrease and I was able to tune into this Word of God. And He was given the authority to, to release me and release the fear. I stepped into His peace, His love in a greater way. And it's this place, it was a while though, I've been in this in between, stuck in between the two for a while because for so long I'd given this voice authority and so it ripped consequences, it ripped a harvest in my life and so I had to choose, no, this is gonna be my go-to. I'm gonna settle in the Word of God. This is gonna be my choice and as I chose that, the more I chose the Word of God, the greater His authority was released in my life. Can I encourage us today, if you're in this place of feeling stuck, stuck to a voice that you've allowed just to gain authority in your life, it takes time to keep tuning into the Word of God. The more you tune in, the greater the authority is that's released in our lives. And how good is that? How amazing is our God? Thank you, guys. It's awesome. But as we tune into God's will, it releases His power to move in and through our lives. In Luke 8, verse 4 to 15, Jesus is talking a parable and He says this, A farmer went out to sow his seed. Some of it fell on the road. It was trampled on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell on the gravel. It sprouted but withered because it didn't have good roots. Other seed fell on the weeds. The weeds grew with it and strangled it. Other seed, though, fell on rich earth and produced a bumper crop. And then the disciples asked Jesus the meaning of the parable and he goes on in verse 11 to give the meaning. He says, the seed is the word of God. The seeds on the road are those who hear the word, but no sooner do they hear it than the enemy, the devil, snatches it from them so they won't believe and be saved. The enemy wants to do whatever possible to remove the word of God from our lives. Come on, we've got to be aware of it. There's a stinking enemy that wants to rob the Word of God because he knows it's our freedom. He knows it's what will release us into God's promises and we cannot let the enemy win. We have to be aware of his schemes. Then it goes on to say, the seeds and the gravel are those who hear with enthusiasm. Woohoo, the Word of God. Like today, the Word of God's so awesome. But the enthusiasm doesn't go very deep. It doesn't connect to our quiet times through the week. It doesn't connect to how we live our day-to-day lives. It's just another fade, just another opinion. And the moment there's trouble, it's gone. Can I 
encourage us. This is not a fade. This is not another opinion. This is not something we just get revved about. We need to stick. We need to cling to this Word with everything that we've got because this Word is life. It is hope. It is living. It is God's truth to us. Are you with me, South? Are you with me, North? And the seed that fell in the weeds, well, these are the ones who hear, but then the seed is crowded out. By no, and nothing comes on it as they go about their lives worrying about tomorrow, making money, having fun. Come on, how much to the pleasures of this world? Worrying about stuff. Rob us from this. Rob us from tuning into this. But the seed in the good earth, these are the good hearts who seize the Word of God and hold on no matter what, sticking with it until there's a harvest. Come on, the Word of God wants to release a harvest in our lives. Are we sticking with it? Are we clinging to it? Because it will bring good reward in our lives. See, the Word of God is what releases God's will in us. It's what brings heaven to earth for us. The incredible thing, come on, when Jesus was tempted by the, the devil in the desert, he didn't stand on the authority that he was the Son of God. He stood on the authority of Scripture. Scripture is the authority we need to come against the enemy. It's the authority we need to step into every one of God's promises for us. Now, every Friday afternoon, we go into McDonald's with the kids and they're allowed to choose a treat and they have all their friends there. And It's absolute chaos. Kids are everywhere screaming for their burger, their ice cream. Parents are there looking like they need a triple shot coffee, like it's just all go and you go to the kiosk and you make your order for your food and you get printed out a receipt. And then you go to the section where your order number will come up on the screen and then you hand over your receipt to get your food. And you're waiting there. You're waiting for your number to come. You're waiting for your order to come. And then that moment comes when your number comes up, when your order comes up. And so I step forth and there's maybe another little grubby kid there who tries to reach for your food, getting excited that it's his food. But you place your receipt down because your receipt is the proof that you need that you made your purchase. Can I encourage us today? This is the receipt we need that Jesus has made the purchase for us. Come on, He's purchased our freedom. He's purchased our salvation. He's purchased our love, our peace, our joy. Joy, everything we need, He's purchased, and this is our receipt. Have we got hold of His receipt? I'm claiming God's promise. And the last point, if I can have keys come and join me right across our campuses, it's revelation, not information. It's a revelation, not information. God's word is not a book full of information, it's full of revelation about who our God is. In every part, it reveals His character. Genesis, it reveals Him as our creator. Exodus reveals Him as our father and rescuer. Esther reveals Him as the God who is sovereign and ultimately in control. Ruth reveals Him as the God who is our redeemer. Jonah reveals Him as the God that we can never hide from. Daniel reveals Him as the God who always answers our prayers. And Matthew, Luke and John, He's revealed as God and Messiah, the God who is with us. Romans, He is the grace of God. Corinthians, He is the power of God. Hebrews, He is the everlasting courage. James, He is the one who heals the sick. One and second Peter, He is our faithful shepherd. And I can keep going on and on. Everything that we need to know about who our God is, His character is found in this Word. 
And I encourage us today, we need to get into this Word to know Him. We have a God that's given us His words that we would personally know Him. He's not just, He doesn't wanna be the God that's out there. He wants to be the God who is in here. Come on, working through us that we would personally connect with Him, personally know Him. You know, as I was praying about today, I had a sense that God wanted to encourage and maybe challenge of us some today. Is He the God of the destination or is He the God of the journey? And what do I mean by that? You know, when you fly on a plane, there's certain airlines you fly with where it's just about the destination. Jetstar is one of them. It is just about getting to where you wanna go. You don't get the entertainment, you don't get the good food. It's just about getting to your destination. Emirates, it's another story. It's not just about the destination, it's about the journey. Get the warm towels to clean your hands with. You get heaps of movies to choose from. You get the menu with the entree, the main and the dessert. It's about the journey, not just the destination point. And I felt God say, come on, am I the God of the journey? Or am I just the destination point? Do we have a relationship with God? Because we just need Him there for the destination point. We want to reach heaven. Come on, we want to get to heaven. So God, we're going to do whatever necessary to get to heaven. But I'm not really doing the journey with you. He wants to be the God of it all. He wants to be the God that we personally know. That we personally pick up Scripture and go, God, what do you want to reveal to me today? I remember as this 11-year-old little girl, and all I'd heard about God was the voice of other people, my parents, church. I remember coming to Him and saying, God, I wanna know You for who You are. I wanna have a revelation of who You are for me. And I got in His presence and I got in His Word and He started to reveal who He was and I just fell in love with Him. And He became the God that was out there to the God who was in here. Can I encourage us today that He wants to be the God that's on the journey with us? We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.